back in the fast lane. One half down, one half to go. Covering the Commonwealth Part 2 starts Aura Mismo, which is Spanish. The one little bit that I remember for right now. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth. A look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with now to JMU. That's right, the JMU Dukes, they come off a dominant 41-13 victory over Georgia Southern this past weekend, and Shane Metlin covers them for the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, good to be connecting with you once again. JMU, they are now 6-0. Are they the best team not only in the Commonwealth of Virginia, but in all of Group of Five football right now? Um, I think possibly, you know, Air Force, uh, Wyoming, they definitely have a case for that. Um, you know, even some other teams maybe in the Mountain West. But right now, I think, you know, JMU's up there, especially after putting together probably what was their first complete game, uh, first complete performance in all three phases on Saturday. Not just that, but the fact that they took control of that game early at 14 to nothing, and even when it was 20 to 6 at halftime, it never felt like they were going to be threatened. They weren't. They put up 21 more points in the third quarter to put that game out of reach. You referenced the completeness of this game, though. How much have they grown in that regard? Yeah, I mean, the getting up 14 to nothing has kind of been the trend for JMU, and then they've uh, ended up winning one-score games, and they uh, did do that. They came out and scored 21 points in the third quarter on Saturday to really put that one away. Um, first time they really just put an opponent away in the second half. Um, they're, they're just getting better and better. I think, you know, the offense moved the ball in the third quarter, kept the defense off the field, which was really the difference in the key this time. As it relates to this coming Thursday's game, they take on Marshall. It's a short week. You could view it as a trap spot given how dominant they were, but uh, Kurt Signetti afterwards was adamant repeatedly that they were going to enjoy it for you know a little under 24 hours and then get back to work on Sunday. Having gone through an emotional victory already at Virginia and then bouncing back to win one on the road, actually it was three straight on the road, is that a blueprint to say this team can handle this type of turnaround? I think they are. I think they can. I think they're prepared. They've got veteran guys and uh, in the big spots. And you know, you just look at it. You look at last year's schedule. They lost two in a row to Georgia Southern and Marshall. And then it turns out this year they got those teams back to back again. And you know, they were definitely fired up by the chance to to avenge the loss to Georgia Southern. They can kind of play that card again going to Marshall, where uh, you know they think they think they could have done better than they did last year against the herd. Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News Record, joining us in the fast lane. Shane, good to connect with you. Thank you so much and look forward to uh, to speaking with you again, if that's okay with you. All right, thank you. Shane Metlin with us here in the fast lane. We get to transition over to... Now to NASCAR. With Brian Nolan of FrenchStretch.com. Trey, sophomore at comments. Get to be kept to a minimum because it's Monday, not Thursday when we have more time. With Brian Nolan. <laughs> Brian and I actually had a heart-to-heart yesterday. Oh, God. I, I congratulated I, him for the, the Jets win. And uh, we, we're good right now. We're, we're probably, you know, we're, we're best of friends right now. A heart-to-heart, Brian. I don't even want to know what that one was like. Let's just, uh, you know, leave it where it was, which is in the past. Uh, NASCAR yesterday. If that was the South Point 402, is it Christopher Bell, not Kyle Larson, getting the win? First off, yes, we did have a heart-to-heart, so we are buddy, buddy, pal, pal. Um, Shout-out to Trey, love you, buddy. Um, But, yes, uh, the amount of time and speed that Bell 
caught Larson over the past, I want to say three to four laps. If there was even one more lap, Christopher Bell would be having his name in the championship four, and Kyle Larson would be heading to Homestead trying to get a spot in the final four because Bell flew those past three to four laps. And um, I was listening to, to a podcast and uh, – the reporters were talking about what Bell was telling them, and our Michael Massey was also there. He said that uh, Bell Bell was trying to think of any possible way that he could have found more speed. And he said there's only one one thing, and that was when two Rick Ware racing cars were battling against each other, and he chose the wrong line and lost about a tenth or two. And you know what? That was all that it that he needed because he only lost by eighty two one thousandths of a second. So, in, in to cut things short, yes, all he needed was one more lap. All he needed was one more, but he didn't end up having it. Kyle Larson gets the win, and now he is locked in to the championship race at Phoenix. Brian, how big is this for a team that has shown they can win at Phoenix and coming off of last year where we saw what Joey Logano was able to do, dialing into Phoenix with that advanced prep, having also won the opening round of the eighth race at Las Vegas? Well, the past two years, um, we've seen people that have won at Vegas go on to win the championship. However, um, I I feel like it's a little different because Kyle Larson and Cliff Daniels, they're still going on the offense. They say they're still wanting – Kyle Larson came into the media center after the race and said, I want to lap everybody in the field next week. I want to lead every lap, lead every – or win every stage, and I want to lap the field. And he, by God, he almost did uh, last year. And so um, I think it's going to be a little different than the past two years, of which we see, like, like Lugano last year. He, he struggled in, in both Homestead and Martinsville and then came back and won in Phoenix. I think they're going to do a different approach. And I, I don't know if that's going to translate well because, if you, if, I mean, they, they only have so much simulator time. So if you're going on the simulator to go for Homestead and Martinsville, I don't get why because you're already locked in. I mean, I I know they want to win, but they got to focus their eyes on the bigger prize, in my opinion. Indeed, it is a bigger prize, and it awaits Kyle Larson as he has a chance to lock in on that. Ryan Blaney's situation means he's in a must-win. Do you feel confident, though, that you know who will or won't, in Blaney's case, join Larson as we have Miami and then Martinsville right after that, I think um, I, I think Byron is gonna be is gonna be safely in um, uh, one wild card though. Ed is the guy that loves to run the high side at Homestead. Tyler Redding, he could shake up everything if he goes to Homestead this upcoming weekend and wins it, and it would just go absolutely bananas. Um, Looking at the cut line, Byron, I think it's going to be fine. Hamlin and then Truex and Bell, I think, are going to be battling it out if Reddick, Busher, or Blaney do not win. Um, it could Chaos could happen, though, this upcoming Sunday, so we'll have to wait and see. We love the chaos from Brian Nolan, which is why he comes into the fast lane so often. Bry, thank you much. And, uh, yes, as a fellow Eagles fan, I'll send my congratulations to you on the Jets getting the well-deserved victory because Philly clearly didn't deserve it yesterday. Hey, I, I was as shocked as you were. The race got over, um, and then there's about like six minutes left or so in the game, and I was watching the media center, and I was—I I still can't believe it. So uh, it, it was a great win. Uh, me and Trey had some friendly banters, but um, let's be honest. We caught you 99 out of 100 times. The Eagles would be the Jets. We just caught you that one time. Hey, better to be lucky than good, Brian Nolan. He True. makes us lucky. 
as it's our fortune to have him in the fast lane. Bri, thank you for your time. You're the best, Ed. See you, Trey. Notice how Trey did not get a you're the best. I did. I mean, he's just being real, Trey. It's okay. I, f- I forgive him. It is okay on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA, I'm Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? Ashburn, Virginia, they may be back there right now, but they were in Atlanta and they showed out. And someone who was there for Seawall Sports and Entertainment Candy Waller with us once again in the fast lane. Seawall, how big of an advantage was that crowd for Washington going on the road? It wasn't 100% Commanders fans or anything, but seemed like it was a very loud environment supporting them, and they gave uh, their fans on the road at the pseudo-home down in Atlanta something to be prideful for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were times where a flag was thrown or something happened, and we couldn't gauge based on the crowd noise, who was it really in favor of? That's how loud the Commanders fans were at the game on Sunday. They were in town the entire weekend wearing their burgundy and gold. You saw them out walking the streets in different restaurants, just really enjoying the time and truly supporting the team. It is. It's good for Washington. They've got that. Clearly, that's something that the new ownership group has brought in um, the intensity level. You knew it would be up after the embarrassment on Thursday night football against the Chicago Bears. How impressed were you, though, with the fact that this team came out and even weathered Atlanta's proverbial punches early in the game to seize control off the turnovers and uh, protect the ball themselves? You know, I, I was I still had my moments, to be very honest, where I felt like the commanders could have been even more aggressive and they didn't, especially on offense. I felt like there was still some opportunities to keep scoring, get the ball in the end zone. I mean, shout out to the defense, shout out to Jamison Crowder for his huge return. I mean, those are the things that truly showcase if you're having some challenges on offense, potentially great field position is what you need to get you in the end zone. And we saw that happening in real life on yesterday it was it team came up with the w but i think if they really want to impress and shock some people go ahead and run the scoreboard up if you can because that's what's going to convince people that the the commanders are got a long way to go into the postseason all right seawall this is kind of the i wouldn't call it backhanded compliment but it is praiseworthy but it i think reasonably addresses a concern the lack of turnovers for the offense and the composure they showed in spite of the fact that five more sacks given up by the offensive line to Sam Howell. What does that say about Howell's toughness in the short term and the need for this team to find a solution so that he does not keep getting beat up because inevitably in this league, it leads to injuries? Unfortunately, on yesterday, whether it's the offensive line or Sam, on yesterday, I saw it more of Sam holding the ball too long. That I know that has been a recurring theme. Coach Rivera has brought it up. And yesterday I was paying close attention, and some of it is simply Sam not wanting to make a mistake. Now, he doesn't throw the ball away, but I think when he's not comfortable with his immediate reads, he's not paying attention. He, he doesn't see what's around. Now, gratefully, he's not fumbling. He's not creating any turnovers by the fact that he's holding on the ball for too long. But to your point, I don't know how much longer that is going to hold up. So this is going to be something that they're either going to have to incorporate into real game type of simulations in practice, much like they do with the two-minute drills, where they're just going to have to incorporate something where he knows if he holds that ball too long, that's a fact. 
because that's just not the offensive line is doing all they can, but the clock is ticking as soon as that ball snaps and he's got to get it out. It is. It's a concern for Washington, and I like how you were blunt about the fact that this is a concern that's as much on Sam Howell as it is on the Washington offensive line as maligned as they are. CEO Seawall and Seawall Sports on Instagram. Seawaller, S-E on Twitter as well to connect with Candy Waller, who's been gracious enough as always to join us here in the fast lane. Seawall, last one for you, and we appreciate your time, of course. The win against Atlanta, what kind of momentum does this give for this team? Or do you need to see it for another game or more to believe this is more tangible? I mean, we got to see it, right? I mean, they have the Giants next week. Yeah, Daniel Jones was out, but Saquon is back, and they almost pulled off an upset on the on the Buffalo Bills uh, yesterday. Daniel Jones is slated to be back um, playing against the Commanders, and then there's the Eagles. So here's two opportunities. The first time up against the Giants and getting to see the Eagles again at home at FedEx Field, which is another sold-out game. Hopefully it's more Commanders fans, though, instead of Eagles fans, because we know Eagles fans do travel. So they still have to make a statement. They still have to convince people that they are for real, and these are two games that they get to do that. Candy Waller doesn't need to convince us she's for real. She does it all the time. Candy, thank you for your time, as always, today in the Fast Lane. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment with us here in the Fast Lane. That does it for us today. Trey off tomorrow. Trey Law VT on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to keep up with him while he is gone. Ty Tracy will join me tomorrow in the Fast Lane. So come hang out with us here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Now it's time to go for a little bit live to CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg programming before Monday Night Football at 7.30 p.m. this evening between Well, not your Dallas Cowboys, but somebody's Dallas Cowboys and the LA Chargers.